I hope our one listener in Australia who doesn't like the cruise industry is going to Don't make it too pitchy. Okay, sure. Just say it's cool. David Cunliffe remains about as popular in the Labour caucus as a pussycat at Gareth Morgan's house. Look, this is a la-la budget. When my eyebrow goes up, it's a joke. Police still arrest criminals in New Zealand. We've tried cannabis prohibition for the past 40 years. The fact is, that was a boring, useless speech. Sip it, sweetie, I'm getting there. Mr. Speaker, they say a week is a long time in politics. Hello and welcome to the Iron Duke Podcast, your weekly catch-up of all things policy, politics, where we bring you up to speed with our interesting bits, peaks and pits, and anything that fits from Aotearoa and around the world. I'm Principal Consultant Byron Terrace, and I'm joined today by Senior Consultant Maddie Burgess-Smith. Maddie, how are you? Byron, a week is a long time in politics, oh, isn't it? God, tell me. A long time in politics. And we're going to run you through all the drama today. Uffendale, Sharma, we're going to talk about firefighters, and Byron... Cruising fanatic, yeah, lover of all things cruise, cruise ling, love big ships. Is going to talk to us about the return of cruise. Byron, take us away. What's your peak of the week? Uh, my peak of the week, very briefly, is the first cruise ship back to New Zealand uh, on Friday, the twelfth of August. Was the Pacific Explorer in for just a few hours for Auckland, but it was a real break the ice cruise. It was a real turn up and say good day. Hey, we're back. We're injecting a little bit of vibrancy into the CBD. And if you were in Auckland on that Friday, you would have noticed that there were a few more thousand people just hanging around in the CBD there, injecting a bit of vibrancy and bringing a different perspective. There were some RNZ reporters out there, Vox popping. The Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern turned up oh, yeah, to her. greet. Yeah, you may have heard of her once or twice. She turned up to shake the hand and greet some of the first passengers off that ship. And if that's not a welcome back to New Zealand. Mm. I don't know what is. It was a remarkable day, and even Auckland Tamaki Makoto put on the good weather for that ship. It wasn't short of controversy, though. Uh, course, cruise has got some sustainability questions. It's got some over-tourism questions that it needs to overcome. However, that day was really a celebration for those who had suffered for a lot in that cruise industry, the suppliers to that industry, and it was good to see them get some support back. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because prior to COVID, we were actually starting to get a little bit snobby about cruise. It's snobby about literally everything in the economy. We, we were, and even still, I think this government's still snobby about a number of forms of tourism, Minister Nash, lately. Part of me wonders, did he not have the opportunity to backpack? Did no one want to backpack with him? Is that why he hates backpackers? Anyway, cruise is kind of similar. That whole idea that they're low-value tourists. Mate, when there's absolutely no one here from overseas spending money... Beggars cannot be choosers, and I think every kind of city, town, port that they visit are going to be chuffed to have them back. It's also saying well done to those businesses that survived, did the hard yards. Their reward is at the end of the day, they do get these cruise passengers back. So Minister Nash's comments at the Tourism Export Council conference in and around discerning high-value tourists versus low-rent backpackers just kind of sound... budget. You know, when we talked about regenerative tourism, they'll spend a little bit more money, they'll stay a little bit longer. You know, these are not the guys that jump in a camper van and make a Facebook video around how they can get around our country on $10 a day by eating dried noodles. That's not who we're targeting. In this day and age of, you know, social media, we can be a lot more targeted. What the hell? A Labour Party tourism minister saying New Zealand should only be a, a destination point. destination for rich people. Yeah. I'm thinking, what the hell? 
You've got to have a country that can, you know, welcome people, no matter what budget you're on, welcome people with open arms. We want you to learn about our culture, engage, and it doesn't matter whether you're a backpacker or a bougie super yachter, you can come to New Zealand and experience some good and, stuff. And as tourism minister, the representative of the tourism sector, do you think he's actually gone out and heard from people on the ground that that's what they want? I honestly don't know who he's listening to. Minister Nash has unfortunately made numerous faux pas in the tourism space uh, over the last few years. He's not afraid to just kind of flap his gums and say, hey, I think this is rubbish. And actually the sector's like, well, we don't. And it just kind of doesn't make sense. I reckon he's gone next election. I think this is his last hurrah. You heard it here first. Yeah, okay. Okay. Uh, February reshuffle. Stuart Nash, gone burger. Yep. Cool. There's your prediction. All right, Maddie. That's my pick of the week. Look, my pick of the week is just good old political drama. I'm a junkie for it, straight in my veins. In the veins. Um, I do have to ask you, Minister, while we've got you, about some very serious allegations that have been made on this programme this morning by... Gaurav Sharma. Gaurav Sharma. Gaurav Sharma. Rogue Labour MP Gaurav Sharma. Dr Gaurav Sharma. Gaurav Sharma is an MP based in Hamilton West, and what he's done is he's accused a number of senior party officials of bullying. Kieran McAnulty, under the bus. Duncan Webb, under the bus. Lately, Prime Minister Ardern... Under the bus. Under the bus. All of this stuff with Sam Uffendale, which I know that you'll talk about later because you also love a drama. Yeah, chaos merchant. Uh, Uff and Delirium. Uff and Delirium. He came out and said, Look, I used to be a bully. We'll discuss that further. And then Gaurav Sharma writes an op ed in the Herald, which clearly isn't hard. He just kind of emailed them and said, Guys, I was bullied too. It was a real hold my beer moment. Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> I see you're bullying, Sam. Hold my beer. Just as the Nats are in like chaos and absolute spin, he's like, I can do one better. Let's all go down the gurgler. <laughs> So he writes this op-ed, pretty explosive, claims that he's been bullied. Over the weekend, he puts out a further, you know, couple of incoherent Facebook posts, like at, like no Grammarly check over those. They were just crazy hours, hot takes, claiming all sorts of stuff. Poor spending, bad staffing, bullying, harassment, gate crash, gaslight behaviour from the whips of the Labour Party. Monday night, dun, dun. all 60 plus members of the Labour Party, minus Sharma Drama have a secret meeting organised via Signal. Yeah, that's right. That's pretty underground sort of content. Have a secret meeting and decide that they're going to kick him out. Now, the Labour Party are doing, everyone disputes that this meeting took place. Sharma Drama has the screenshots. He's got the receipts of everyone sitting at this meeting having a predetermined discussion about the fate of his future with the Labour Party. Come Tuesday, they have a formal meeting in the eyes of the public where they suspend him. It all comes out that, you know, maybe it was predetermined. Honestly, who cares? Sharma didn't turn up to that second one either. No, they invited him and he was busy. Oh, look, I texted him. <laughs> oh, look, I gave him a call. Oh, look, I sent him some flowers. And He's he just didn't leaving them up. on scene. Thursday comes about. This Thursday, he goes on Jenna Lynch, News Hub, claims that the Prime Minister is corrupt, claims that she's covering something up. He just creates this, I don't know if he's... He's lashing out, he's lying. <laughs> <laughs> Today, he goes on Toba. Honestly, this guy's getting more airtime than any other politician he got in hosting. the history of this week. Honestly, anywhere he goes, someone's offering him an interview. Next Tuesday, 23rd, 24th, don't know, it's not next week yet, uh, the, the Labour Party are going to meet again and decide whether or not to expel him. Now, a lot of this is pretty unsubstantiated. A lot of it, to me, reeks of personality politics. What comes next is unsure. Obviously, Labour Party are supportive of the Waka Jumping Bill, which essentially says that 
that if you kick someone out of a political party, they're kicked out of parliament. The Nats aren't. So you saw that play out with Jamie Lee Ross. They said, you can't sit with us. You can still sit by yourself, though. We're not banning you from the cafeteria altogether, whereas the Labour Party would effectively ban Sharma from the cafeteria. Well, that's a really interesting question. Because he's an electorate MP, they've got to make the decision that if they do kick him out of parliament, that's a by-election. And Hamilton West has traditionally they will lose it. Traditionally, been a blue seat and a bit of a bellwether seat as well. And so, do they risk a by-election? Mm. And does Dr. Sharma stand for the blue team? <laughs> so honestly, does to he me, jump into the other walker? To me, the drama's not even interesting. It's just the handling of it and the fact that everyone wants to give this guy airtime. This is the prime minister trying to cover something. I want a public inquiry which will hold people to account. Because as we've seen up until now, it's just a kangaroo coat. The CEO of Parliamentary Services uh, is in bed with the Labour Party whips. You know, they just do whatever they want. These are great lines. These are awesome lines. What is he talking about? Aldern has stressed that the decision to suspend him from the Labour caucus wasn't predetermined. Mick and Nolte said he's never bullied one. What are they going to do between now and Tuesday? I don't know. But look, that is the beauty of modern democracy, is that everyone's got a Facebook account. My big sticking point here, and I think the the one thing that Dr. Sharma has kind of exposed here is that secret caucus meeting <laughs> and just the Prime Minister getting up and saying, oh, no, 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 that didn't happen, it wasn't a thing. And then all of the evidence that says to the contrary that actually it was a thing and we kind of all decided that, yeah, we're going to kick him out. And it just, it's, it's exposed a mistruth. No. It, it's exposed a... So the surprising part for me is that over 60 MPs were on this call and only one of them leaked to Graf, which shows that he doesn't have as many friends as he's implying he does. Hey, uh, Gaurav, it's me, the anonymous MP. Uh, we're talking about you tonight, eh? <laughs> Don't come to work tomorrow. <laughs> and then he gets suspended. So um, what happens next, Maddie? What happens next? What happens next? Labour Party meets on Tuesday. They decide whether or not they're going to expel him. They probably will. It was unanimous support this week that they would suspend him. They have to stand for the Wahoo jumping bill because they voted for it. They'll have to expel him from caucus. My view is that's not how democracy works. Gives the party leader way too much power. You decide you don't like an MP, just kick him out. Who cares that people democratically elected him? Gone, Burger. Even the one MP who supposedly leaked to him clearly still voted mystery him out. Mystery shopper. Yeah, but that's it. He's, he's, he's the mystery playing, shopper. He's, he's the guy. He's playing the long game. He's yeah, playing in the long game. Yeah, he does yeah. not want to be revealed. He's probably running for mayor of somewhere. <gasps> Stop. We can't put that live on here. I'm just going to leave that there. Byron, <laughs> let's keep the drama train hot. Well, from the Sharma Drama Lama Ding Dong to uh, Up and Delirium, my kind of pit peak, of it's, it's all kind of pretty exciting really, isn't it, is the Sam Uffendale National Party bullying scandal uh, from about from the last couple of weeks. Yeah, we took serious allegations that we received late last night. On the other hand, Sam disputes those allegations, and as a consequence, the right way forward is to have an independent investigation to actually make sure that we get to the bottom of it. So Sam Uffendale the diversity pick for Tauranga, as uh, Luxon called him, gets the seat in Tauranga in a pretty one-sided by-election, let's be completely honest. And then only after is he elected to the House and only 51 hours or so after he delivered his maiden speech, a couple of revelations come out about his childhood when he was 16 when he uh, assaulted a younger kid at King's College in a kind of hazing environment there with the hierarchy of a boys' school. He beat the f*** out of a kid with a bedpost. But no, the bedpost is up for discussion. Um, <laughs> so that was pretty bad. And what was really bad about that is a number of party figures, 
including the board mm. and Todd McClay, a sitting MP, all knew about this bloke's background, but it was never revealed during the electorate race, during their selection process to the punters who were deciding. When did you first become aware of his past? Uh, as I said, it was, um, I think, on lunchtime on Monday afternoon. But what happened mm. was late last night, there was a new series, new, new allegation made, uh, and that is serious and concerning and it needs proper investigation. The leadership was never told by those groups. And so all of a sudden this comes out, Luxon and Willis just look kind of all at sea for a little bit because they didn't know that this bloke was a bully back in the day. It never kind of came to light. Uffendale's made, you know, he's pushed in front of the public and made to say a few statements. I felt remorse and very upset about this for a long time. It was a um, significant moment in my life and it changed my path a lot, but I mean, it also had Undoubtedly a significant impact on that person as well. I regret it. I'm sorry. I was a bully. I was a bully. Yeah, pretty bad. Uh, so that was that was pretty bad. And then what kind of ended up happening was all of these other things started to come out about uh, Mr. Mm. Sam. Turns out he was in a shit Dunedin flat. <laughs> it's repulsive, listeners. Go repulsive. Look at Dunedin flat. He was a, a bit of a uh, a bit of a lad, bit of a like the uh, the like the alcohol, like the beers. Uh, it sounds like the recreational substances too. Well, exactly, and other recreational substances. You know, he was a student in Dunedin, but all of those stories started to come out, and they painted a picture of him being a less than a, sexist, a less than upstanding bloke. Bully. Less, less than upstanding bloke. I think what started to happen was a bit of a snowball effect. You ended up with this guy, hold on, are you kind of hiding parts of your character? And so the voters are totally saying, well, you can't always blame someone for the way they were when they were younger, blah, blah, blah. But why did you hide it? That's mm. the question for me. Why did you hide all of that? Why not just kind of, you know, sunlight is the best disinfectant. Get it out there and just say, look, I was a bit of a shit kid. I need to reform. These are my big regrets. The National Party, I think, rightly stood him down while they conduct an investigation into that whole process, into why didn't you say anything, were you trying to mislead us, or was this just kind of an honest thing, you don't you don't uh, remember any of that. So, yeah. If you were smart, you could have actually set it up to be quite an interesting platform. Hey, I was a piece of shit bully at school, I made life hell for a lot of people, I'm standing for Parliament because I don't ever want to see another kid go through what I put people through. Redemption story. Redemption story, yeah. you know? But instead but it's become this kind of white privilege, rich boys school, like, you know, It is, and that's that. what I see of it first. I see someone who had life handed to him on a silver platter mm. and he chose to hurt others. This he's whole go. saga. There's, there's, there's no way this investigation, which has been conducted by... Maria Marie, Jew, QC. Who has done, like, a lot of these. She did uh, the MediaWorks investigation. She's done them for the Labour Party. Russell McVeigh, that was her big one. So she's, she's no small fish by any means. I can't see what could possibly come out of this investigation that says, actually, we still think you're fit and proper. Come on in. My prediction is that it will come back and say, yeah, bit of a shit bloke, process was poor, and they'll be a bit muddy in and around the recommendations whether you kick him out or not. And all of a sudden, he won't stand for Tauranga in 2023. That's, this, that's my prediction. They had the massive review, right, of like, hey, we picked a lot of fuckwit candidates last time, let's not do this again. And then, hello, <laughs> and walks a guy with the personality of a dung beetle who is, yeah, violent and sexist. That's a bit harsh against dung beetles. That scandal plus Dr. Sharma scandal has just kind of sent our political senses tingling. It's been quite an intense uh, few weeks here in the capital, in the Beltway. So, yeah, we're looking forward to seeing what happens with both of them, Maddie. What is your pit of the week? 
I do want to touch on the strike today that is happening for firefighters. So they've been in negotiation with FENS for a long time now. And it's really important to note that the strike that's happening today between 11 and 12, where all paid professional firefighters will walk out, which is usually anyone in your your city centres, everyone else is volunteers, are going to walk out. Now, it's not just to do with pay. They're also relying on some really faulty old equipment. Wellington Central here, I know for a fact, the fire engine is from like 1970. They don't have a fire truck that extends with a ladder above six storeys. Don't have a ladder truck, yeah. The other day they had to go and put out a fire on like the ninth floor of a building by scaling the scaffolding on the building next door. Great thing that everything in Wellington's a bit shit, so there's plenty of scaffolding around, but absolutely shocking. If you haven't read about this, I, I do actually recommend jumping on the old Google machine and just it having a look at fi- the fire crisis. Shocking. It really is. There was an amazing image during this week of a ladder in a, another city with a mechanic on the ladder, sorting the ladder while the house is burning down beside it. And this is showing just how difficult their situation is. They're trying to fix something whilst trying to stop the thing from burning down at the same time whilst being understaffed. It's just nuts. So FENS have offered firefighters a pay rise of between 8 and 19% over the next two years. And the firefighters have come back and like, are you not hearing us? This isn't about pay. We are so aggressively understaffed. We can't rely on any of our firefighting appliances or whatever you'd call them. Dang. Lack of support for medical call-outs as well. These people are dealing with increasing number of suicides. Yeah. You don't realise when someone kills themselves, it's firefighters that yeah. turn up. The guy who runs the Timaru fire station said they worked 1,600 hours of overtime last month month to keep the station going. Again, a lot of this is about the structural issues of 2017 when we rolled a lot of individual kind of firehouses, fire stations into one big national model. And I mean, hello at LabourParty.com. Is this centralisation? Yeah. What happened is they centralised big time under the national government and it was an absolute disaster. One thing I want to note on, and I don't want to seem like I just harp on about how great firefighters are. Firefighters deal with firefighting foot. And this is something that I know from my past life. Firefighting foam is, and that's the stuff that sprays out of your thing. Hazardous, isn't it? It's a massive carcinogen. Mm. Right? So it's really, really common for firefighters to end up with prostate cancer. And it is directly proportional with the fact that they have to use this stuff all the time. However, there isn't any better product to use. And they all admit this is the very best way to fight fires and save lives. However, it gives us cancer. So, deargovernment.com, all we're after is a bit of compensation. When we are on leave getting chemotherapy to keep food on our table. That is what they are currently fighting the government on. Mm. Can you believe that? That's pretty grim. These are, these are the people who risk their lives day in, day out, and that's what they're coming to the negotiating table to ask for. They deserve more from New Zealanders. They deserve more from the government, and I hope this walkout, which if it is unsuccessful, will be followed by another one next Friday. I hope this gets them what they're after. It's one of those workforces that I think New Zealand takes for granted. Yeah, a lot of wider societal implications of undervaluing a workforce like that. Yeah. We're seeing the same thing with our nurses. Again, just all kind of public sector workforces. These big at the monolithic moment. workforces managed centrally that are very complex workforces where you've got a central contract and how much we pay you tend to be the ones that have a tough time for pay, tend to be a tough time that have a difficulty with staffing. Mm. And so it just makes you question is that model the most effective way to provide public services? Byron, I think that's a great note to finish off on. Nice. Listeners, as is tradition on the Iron Duke podcast, every week we run each other through a quick hot or not topical headlines from the last seven days. If Byron likes them, he'll say they're hot. If he doesn't, he'll say they're not. First up on my list, roads just disappearing in Nelson. Oh, not. 
creamy Miraka chocolate by Whitakers. Oh, hot. And lastly, number of kids sleeping in cars up 350%. It's a big knot for me. Maddie, for you. Um, so a couple of my points are to do with the uh, UK Conservative Party. Mm-hmm. I, just want to, I just want to get a read on you. So uh, in Liz, we trash. Oh, why are you doing this? Hot. Ready for Rishi. Not. And lastly, uh, nothing to do with the Conservative Party. Tover O'Brien going to Kiev to interview Vladimir Zelensky. Badass. So cool. Well, listeners, there you have it. A week of absolute relentless political drama. Hope you enjoyed being with us. And as always, we'll see see you you next week. week.